Good morning. Everybody good? Everybody's team win? Okay. Always affects our services. Hey, I want to welcome you, Mobile Campus, Foley, Baymanette, Holman. Thanks for being us with us this weekend. And you know, I know you guys have loved the video bumper of this series, and I know you're not going to get to see it again, but some of our people have, that has inspired them on the natural to get a little more physical. So I just want to kind of show you a video of how not to do it. That is one. Of, that was one of our staff members too. So, <laughs> see, I know I, this whole series is not about the physical; it's about the spiritual. So, uh, anyway, I know what I'm saying. I'm not sure what you're hearing. If you have your device, you can turn with us to Mark one and Matthew eight. Uh, hit a lot of scriptures today in this message. I also want to remind you that we're quickly approaching Merry Christmas Gulf Coast. Uh, this year, we are uh, taking it to a little different level, changing quite a few aspects to touch more people. So you'll hear more about that coming up very soon, but I just want to go ahead and plant that in your mind that we're at that time of the year. Uh, you know, here's October almost half over, and uh, we'll be looking at Christmas real soon. Isn't that as exciting, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, we're in part eight of Stronger. We're going to talk about authority, being in authority. And so I want to start with a story in Mark 1 and verse 21. I want you to know that one of the distinguishing characteristics, you read the Gospels, one of the distinguishing characteristics of Jesus' ministry was his authority. He had authority. So watch what happens, verse 21. They went into Capernaum. Immediately on the Sabbath, he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. So <clears throat> Jesus is going in. He's driven. He has purpose. He's going into the synagogue to teach. And he has authority, and they've never seen authority like this. Never. Verse 23. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, <clears throat> Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. He rebuked the evil spirit. So this spirit says, I know who you are, that you're the Holy One of God. And so <clears throat> we think, well... <clears throat> He's, he's helping out Jesus' situation with the scribes because he's trying, to, he's trying to identify this. But actually, this is an accusation because in this culture, in this day and time, no one would call Jesus, Jesus to his face. He was called master and teacher and rabbi, and the ones who called him Jesus, for the most part, would have been those evil spirits. They're showing signs of respect, like this. You are a Nazarene. There again, that's respect, because we know the Messiah is coming from Bethlehem, and you're a Nazarene, and can anything good come from Nazareth? And, and you know, so Jesus pays him no, no attention, no attention. And then he says, oh, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. He's saying, oh, I know you're a man, and you're here, but you're not from here, and you're out of your realm, and you shouldn't be here. And, and so Jesus shows him no attention. He shuts him up, and he rebukes him. Be quiet, 
come out of him. Verse 26, when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Immediately his fame spread throughout the region of Galilee. Oh, and l l let me just say this for what it's worth. In this series, if you have taken something in your life and that the enemy has access to and you've closed that, you typically will have a little time of storm coming. But if you'll pass through it, you're, here, here's what he's doing. He's attacking you with some fear because you've made a good decision. And just like the song that we were doing a minute ago, I am a child of God, I am not a slave to fear, you understand that's his tactic, is to keep us in fear. So in this message, I'm going to take some things that you probably already know, but I really want to take them, and I want to put them in a very simplistic way for you to understand, because there's two parts to this message. The first part you probably already know, but I want to make it really clear so you capture it in your mind. The second part I want you to understand, because that's the part that's going to eliminate the fear because you know the primary job of an evil spirit if you will is to frighten is to bring fear and we live in a culture where fear is prominent i mean it's just all over if we allow it to be so that that's what i want to talk about jesus he, he said come out he had authority he commanded the spirit they've never seen anything like this before and and you understand that authority we we can deal with things the way they should be dealt with all of us have things in our life, in our marriage, in our health, in our children, in our, in our work, and all of these things. We have things in our life, and things in your life will never be the way they're supposed to be until we understand how to exercise authority. So everybody needs authority. With a lack of authority, then doors are open for the enemy to come in and work, and he's constantly challenging authority. That's what he does. Well, what power does he use to challenge authority? Well, actually... He doesn't have power, and he can't just come and shut you down and take you out. Most of the time, what he uses is he uses your thought life, negative thoughts, uh, impure thoughts, the power of suggestion. That's how, he, that's how he works. But you understand that authority is what keeps us on track, understanding authority. And, and Jesus knows how to deal with this, to bring it back to center, bring it back to purpose, and so what you're going to see in this message is how this works, how God planned this for us to understand. And I'm, and I'm not sure that we understand how important authority is because if authority is off, then you get off track. In the schools, in the government, in your homes, in your churches, if you get off authority, you're off track. You know, it, I mean, you, you think about it in your house. If, if everybody's the boss, if, you know, if, if everybody has a say-so, you know, when, when kids have the same say-so as the parents... When the kids have the same authority as a parent, you know, there's chaos. Authority is there to create order. Order is established so that you can serve. And, 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 and that's the purpose of serving. That's why Christ came to the earth. So what is authority? And I could give you, you know, more technical definitions, but I, I really I want you to see something because it's, it's bigger than just there's someone bigger than you that you know, can flex their muscles and be stronger, or it's bigger than an organization or a government that's bigger than you or that person in that organization. That's, that's not what I'm talking about in authority. So I want to give you a picture of authority. Authority is the backing of of the person authority is backing the person who has been issued credentials or the badge if you will authority is someone behind the one with the badge the license or the credentials so Jesus 
walked in authority. So listen, and, and don't, don't, don't shut me off yet, but listen, Jesus, he, he, he walked in authority, but not personally endued with all power. The Bible says he didn't do any miracles at all, but that the Holy Spirit would come on him, then he was able to do miracles. So the authority he had is just not because he's Jesus, he had his authority because he was backed by God. And here's what Paul does. Paul comes and he tells us a whole lot in the book of Ephesians because, he, you know, we're, we're backed by God and this powerful authority that we can use and operate in our lives because we are children of God. So Jesus operated in this authority. These people have never seen anything like it before, even in the Old Testament, except for a few men. It just didn't happen. But here's what happened. Jesus begins to walk in this authority, and Paul is going to explain it in details, and we're going to get into the book of Ephesians in a few minutes minutes but here's jesus he's walking on the earth and 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 then he lives and walks in this from the age of 30 and here we see him doing three things in authority number one he rebukes satan when he was in the wilderness he first had to rebuke him personally so he says satan get out of here because you you, you know and i'm going to remind you that that you shall worship the lord your god and serve him only rebuke this is how rebuke works spiritual scriptural rebuke you can't you're you don't rebuke someone above you or someone beside you you rebuke someone beneath you that's the way it's designed so someone beside you and someone above you you don't rebuke in other words you 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 don't rebuke a parent you rebuke a child you, you know children shouldn't be rebuking parents uh, paul, paul said it don't rebuke an elder in other words, someone over you, someone has power over you, your boss, someone in authority. You don't rebuke them. In fact, you treat them like a father. So what Jesus is saying to Satan, I'm rebuking you because I have authority over you. He's beneath him. Secondly, he rebuked nature. Jesus rebuked nature. In, in uh, Mark 4, you remember the story, the disciples get in the boat going across the Sea of Galilee. Jesus is in the bottom asleep. The storm comes up, they go wake him up, he comes up, and he, and he calms the sea, and he calms the wind, and, and, and they're just blown away. Who is this that the winds and sea, the nature, obey him? Thirdly, he rebukes disease, infirmities. And in Luke 4, Peter's mother-in-law is sick with a high fever. They go get Jesus. And, and, and he stood over her, and he rebuked the fever, and the fever left immediately. So I want you to notice something. When Jesus healed people, he didn't actually pray to God for them. That's how typically we pray. We pray to God for them. But you see, what he did, he, he, he often rebuked the disease, the infirmity, the evil spirit. And when he did, that thing, that disease went away. Why? Because he had authority over the disease and sickness. Why? Because this, the disease and sickness didn't come from God. It's beneath, so he had authority over it. See, here's what I'm saying mankind was bent was made for authority we're meant to have authority authority is the right domain for man in genesis 1 where it says god made he made us in our image according to his likeness to have dominion over all the earth and so god put creation under the dominion of man and so here's why creation goes haywire Here's why what you're seeing today, our creation's gone haywire, is because after Adam sinned, when, when he sinned, he transferred the control of nature into the hands of Satan. And that's why we have no rain over in this part of the, the, the farmlands, and we have flooding on the other side. 
And so we have all these extremes. And, and so, you know, it's because nature isn't working the way God designed nature to work. And, and Jesus, therefore, because it's beneath him, he can, he can rebuke nature. Now, let's look at Adam. Adam comes along. He's created. He has dominion over the earth. But he sinned. When he sinned, that has affected all of us. But let me show you what he lost when he sinned. Because what he lost is what we lost. Because we were born into the nature of sin. He lost his right standing. As soon as he sinned, he hid himself and covered himself. Why? Because he knew he wasn't right with God. He, he lost his right. We would call it righteousness. He lost his life. God said, Adam, you're going to die. Now, he did in the natural 900 years later, but he died spiritually immediately. Why? Because he died physically because he first died spiritually. And now death has come into the world. There's no death before this. So death comes into the world. He lost his life. The third thing Adam lost, he lost place. He lost his home. He's spiritually dead, can't live life anymore in the Garden of Eden because there's the tree of life. If he eats the tree of life, then we're doomed. We're separated from God forever. And, and, and so here he is. He has lost his right standing with God. He's lost his life spiritually, and he's lost his place as a result of sin. So here's what I'm saying. He has no authority. He started out with authority. Now he has no authority. And, and that's where we are. We are born in this condition. Now, Paul, he, he, Paul has this incredible insight, and he's going to show us an above-the-scene look at what's going on. The four Gospels are going to tell us a lot of things, and, and we know, but the writers of the four Gospels never saw this revelation. That's why Paul comes along, and in Ephesians and some other books, he begins to show us some things so that we have understanding, because we need to have clear understanding. I'm going to talk now about those things that the, the Gospels teach us, and Paul, he even reiterates, and he even and expands more on it but then i'm going to show you the other part that he shows us that will help us realize how we walk in authority so i, I want you to see that when you read the story of the cross and the resurrection you know that, that's in the gospels you read about the ascension jesus going to heaven that's in the book of acts but but in the ephesians paul comes along and he explains what all this means from above the scenes so let, let's kind of go back through and i know you know this but bear with me give me just a second to make sure that we're all on the same page First, it's the death of Christ. Why the death of Christ? It wiped our sins. It wiped away our sins. Why did it wipe away our sins? Because we have an all-seeing God. Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before, watch the word, the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before God. So God can see our sins, but he can even see the motive of our sins, of why we sin. So you're thinking that, well, how in the world, how can I be holy and blameless before God if not only can he see my sins, but he knows the motive of my heart. He even knows why before I sin. Well, he, before the worlds were formed, he made a choice. And he knew one day every man was going to stand before him, and he knew we were going to sin but he created us anyway. See, it wasn't a reaction because Adam sinned. God already had a plan. He knew we were going to sin, but he made us anyway. He, he knew that we were going to have problems, but he made us anyway. Why? Because he had a solution before, for sin. He had a solution for my sin before my sin ever entered my life. So God knew people were going to sin. He created us anyway. 
And Paul says in Ephesians 1, 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. He had a solution. What was the solution? Jesus would die. He shed his blood for our sins so we could be completely forgiven. Now, in the spiritual world, in the spiritual study world, there, there's a phrase that we use, and you may have heard this phrase, but I'll, I'll show you what it means. It's called the law of identification. And Paul is doing this. He, he doesn't pin it and call it that, but this is exactly what Paul does in the book of Ephesians, the law of identification. So when I choose Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior, even though he died for the whole world, I still have to choose him. If you have not chose him, he's not your Lord and Savior. He died for the whole world, but your part is I have to choose him to be my Lord and Savior. When I choose him, then God, here's how God sees me. He sees me, law of identification, that I went to the cross with Jesus. I died with him. I'm willing to give up my life with him and be part of him. That's the identification. So Christ died but we all die. And Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. So what does death do then? Where does death come in? Does, away with the, you know, does it do away with the actions of my sin? Well, let me, let me just show you this, okay? Maybe this will help you. Let's say God is on this side of the table, okay? And here is Jesus. And here's where he shed the blood. You and I are sitting over here on this side. We're sitting here. But we've chosen Jesus. We've chosen him as Lord and Savior. So God is on this side and he sees us. He's looking at us. But what's he looking at us through? He's looking at us through the blood of Jesus. That's how I can come holy and blameless before God. That's how God designed it. Because he, he, he knew we were going to fail. He knew we were going to sin. He knew we were going to mess up. But he loved us, and he wanted us to be able to approach him. And, 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 and so, because he's forgiven us. So we have redemption through his blood. But what did the cross do? The, rede the redemption of the blood, I have rights. I'm righteous with God, right standing with God. But what did the cross do? It gives me back my right. But God said, that's, that's still not enough. That's, that's still not enough, enough because you lost life. Remember, Adam lost, he lost right standing, but he lost life. So we have what we know as the resurrection of Christ. The resurrection had to follow. What did it do? It nullified the death that was against us. Because of sin, now death comes into the world. The act of sin, the effect of that was death. Death wasn't there before. And so now there's death for the whole human race. And, and, and so, so not only does Jesus have to do something about the act of sin, and, and he dies on the cross, he has to destroy the effect of sin, that's death. So in order for Jesus to defeat death, he had to rise from the dead. When, when, when he rises, remember the law of identification, remember, put, on, you know, put us on the cross with Jesus. Well, the same law says, from the dead with Christ, we rise. Ephesians 2, 4. But God is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. So Paul said, hey, you died with him and you also live with him because you chose him. Oh, and now you have eternal life in a place of death, which gives you power. So Adam now, man, can have his right standing with God. 
He gets his spiritual life for eternity back, but he still has to find a place. Remember, he lost a place. He lost home. So where is our place? Well, God, is, is he going to take us to some new Eden? Is that our place? No, this is in the book of Acts. It's called the ascension of Christ. This is what gives us the place of authority. In Ephesians 2, 6, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In Ephesians 1.20, when he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above the principalities, the evil spirits, the disease, the power, the might, dominion, and every name that's named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, underneath. Remember, we rebuke what's underneath. So let's do it this way, okay? This this table is God again, okay? And, and, And let's say this stool is Jesus, And Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father. So what does he do? God has a plan. It was before the worlds were formed. He has a plan. I'm going to take my son Jesus, and I'm going to send him to the earth. And there he is in the earth. So he's he's going to go to the earth. He's going to die on a cross. He's, He's no longer at the right hand of God, but he goes and he dies on the cross. God raises him from the dead, and then he ascended back to the right hand of the Father. We got that, right? That's simple, right? But here's what we're missing. When he's on earth, I'm going to let this bottle of water, since we're mostly water, represent man. When he came to earth, he's a man. So he's going back to the right hand of the Father. He didn't do all this for anything, because now when he goes back to the Father... He's not only the son of God, but he's fully man. And now Jesus, God, Jesus, man, like he was on earth, is sitting at the right hand of the Father. What what does that mean? That means now that we have a representation for us at the right hand of the Father. In other words, the law of identification. In other words, we're all there. Now, we hadn't been to heaven, hadn't seen heaven yet. No, but understand our representative, Jesus, is there, and he's also human. We're all together, and he now has authority. Remember, he said, I have all authority, and I give you all authority. He did all of this, why? So we could participate in his authority while we're on the earth. We're not just slaves on the earth that God throws a bone to every once in a while. We're not just slaves wandering around and thinking, well, I hope God shows up. I hope God does this. Hope, hope, hope God does this and that. No, no, no. We have authority, and we have a representative at the right hand of God of the Father. So what am I saying? We need to change the way we think about authority. Now when we pray about something going on, then we, we're, we, we pray with boldness. And we go with the conscience of the fact that Jesus went through all the trouble to be here to open a door for us so we could be accepted in the presence of God. We have a representative in the presence of God. And he knows what we're going through. He knows what we're feeling. And so we have to learn not to be fearful when storms come. When things come in our life, not to be fearful, but recognize we have authority over Satan and all his works that kill and steal and destroy. That's his work line. That's that's the production he's supposed to do is kill, steal, and destroy. But we have authority over that because he's beneath us. And listen, at the right hand represents power and authority and privilege. So we, we, we have not been to heaven and seen the seat. 
But that doesn't, that doesn't mean that, that we're, we're, we're not there. It doesn't mean we're not a child of God. It doesn't mean that we don't have the authority. It's kind of like the president, if he leaves the White House and he gets on Air Force One and goes somewhere else in another country, he's still the president. If a king leaves the castle, he's, he's still the king. J- just because we're not physically there doesn't mean we don't have authority. But in our place, all authority goes with that. Remember, we got to have our place. We lost it. In that place, all authority goes there. And what does that do? That supercharges your faith. Now, that, that's one side. And all of you knew all of that, right? Come on, talk to me. Yeah, I, I know I'm in teacher mode today, but i got to get there, okay? So now, let, let me show you how to make this applicable today. Let, let me show you how this fits us today. Because if we don't get a correct understanding of authority, because, you know, with authority and, you know, we have all these mindsets. I was in a country, I was in the Netherlands a few weeks ago, and, and, and they, well, some of the men were talking to me about how it's just a problem there. They, there's no respect for authority at all. After all what's happened over the, over the years, they have no respect, even children to teachers and parents. To, I mean, it, it, they said, we need you to teach us on authority. And see, if there's no authority, I can't get in the blessings of God. If there's no authority, I can't, get, I can't access the power of God. If there's no authority, I can't get to the very thing that I need, the power to overcome the things that I'm going through. So I want to make this applicable. So I'm going to go to a story in Matthew chapter 8, okay? You know the story. <clears throat> but I'm going to take the story and I'm going to dissect it, okay? So how many, how many of you give me just a few more minutes? How many of you are asleep? Okay, you just sleep on Matthew 8, 5, watch. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. That's a Roman officer, pleading with him, Lord, my servant's lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Then the centurion answered, Lord, I'm not worthy. You should come under my roof. The Roman is a Gentile. He knew the culture of the Jew, and no Jew was to go in the house of a Gentile. So he's respectfully saying, no, you don't have to do that. I understand your culture. He said, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, to my servant, do this and do that, and he does it. And then Jesus heard it, and he marveled, and he said to those who followed, surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. I've never, on the earth, I've been here 30-something years, I've never seen this kind of faith. So watch what happens. In verse 13, Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, as you have believed, so let it be done, and his servant was healed the same hour. So this Roman officer is over 100 men. Jesus saying, I'll come to your house and heal under your roof. He says, no, 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 no. You just, you just say the word. I, I've noticed you. I notice you usually go around and you touch people. But, but, but you, 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 if you'll just say it, I know it'll happen. Well, why, why did he say that? Because he said, I too am a man under authority. Jesus, I've never seen this kind of faith. This is an all great faith. The officer had great faith. Why did he have great faith? He's a Roman officer. Is it because he went to church, went to Sunday school? No, I don't think so. He had a working understanding of authority. And this is the part that makes it applicable today. He had a working understanding. He's saying to Jesus, now stay with me on this, don't turn me off. He's saying to Jesus, I I know you're not the boss, but it's obvious to me that whoever you work for, someone's very powerful. And because of that, certain things in this country... They obey you the minute you speak. I've been watching you. I get that but because I, I kind of do the same thing. He understood the ladder of authority. Let, let me show you his ladder. His ladder is the Roman government. 
The second rung on the ladder is him, the officer. The third ladder was the servants and the soldiers. And the Roman government knew something. They knew they had to control and, and, and any authority they give to their officers, officers to enforce the law, they had to back up that officer. Remember that, ba that, that badge, that credential? They had to back it up. Regardless of what people say, they had to back it up. So the, our officers were always backed up. So the servants and the soldiers always obeyed the officers because to disobey, to resist, was to resist the order of the Rome government, and that wasn't good. So this officer is giving three positions on the ladder, and he compares that to Jesus. He's saying, oh, I, I see, you got a ladder of authority too. Let me show you Jesus' ladder of authority, okay? Number one, the top rung is omnipotent God. Omnipotent means power, all power, all power. Powerful God, Father in heaven. Who's, in, who's on the next rung? Jesus, the submitted son. Who's on the third rung? Disease, evil spirit. So the Roman officer said, hey, I get it. And when you talk to that disease, it obeys you. I know how the ladder of authority works. Jesus said, man, you got great faith. And, 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 and listen, I don't need you to come and, and, and touch and lay hands on the servant. If you'll just speak it, the authority was in his speaking. So he's saying, I see how this works. When you, when, when you say something, the boss you work for, something powerful removes the disease. And listen, this did not offend Jesus. This was actually a compliment. Why? Because Jesus was a servant of God on the earth, and he always submitted to the Father. The strength of, of authority, watch, I'll show you three lungs, rungs on a ladder of authority. The strength of authority is not in the middle man. G Jesus is on the earth. The, the, the authority work begins with the man on the top. The authority comes from the top, not the middle man. So the Roman government, they're so powerful, they're in their peak time when Jesus is there because they could back up their officers. The re reason Rome fell is because they came to the place where they couldn't back it up and it, and it fell. This is what Jesus is trying to get across to us. From, that's why he put this story in there. Why? Because when you get authority and you realize you're not making it, but you're passing it on what has been given to you. So Jesus didn't make the power that healed all those people. Oh, yes, yes he said yes to miracles, but he said, my father is working. And, 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 and that upset them because, well, you did it on the Sabbath. And, and, and he said, don't you get it? I, this is not happening unless God wants it to happen. God's doing this. And they accused him, said, no, you're doing this. We don't know how. A lot of people today who love the Lord and they read the Bible and they believe Jesus died and they did all this stuff. He did all these miracles by himself. I mean, he's Jesus, right? But, but listen to me. He didn't do a miracle until he was 30 years old. He was the son of God when he was 10, when he was 18, when he was 22, but he didn't do a miracle. And there were sick people then. There were sick people the whole time he was on the earth, but he didn't do any miracles. Why? Why? What happened? Well, at 30, he was given the Holy Spirit. When he, gave the, when he was given the Holy Spirit, he began to work miracles. But he didn't do any because he was Jesus. He, he, he did them because of the power of the Holy Spirit and God working through him. So he's saying to these Pharisees, hey guys, God did this today. Not me. I'm doing my part. I'm praying the prayer of faith. I'm touching. I'm having compassion. But the, the Father's doing this. you got to change your thinking about this. And if you change your thinking, it's going to make your life stronger because the man in the middle doesn't have the power. It comes from the top. And you see, here, here's how we do it. We think to pray for someone, we really got to get all powerful and close to God. And we got to, you know, we got to have this, we got to be ramped up. We, we got to be plugged in and we got to, you know, but see, we're not making the power. And that's why, that's why we have, that's why we're running and we're trying to find all these people that supposedly have the power. <clears throat> 
We think if we don't feel bold and supercharged feelings, we can't pray and see things happen. So we need to learn to be confident when I feel God or when I don't feel God. I'm confident. I'm confident because he's still on the top and he's still God and he's still in control. So watch what Jesus did. Paul also tells us in Philippians 2, 7, he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming into the likeness of man. That's where he's right here, and he goes to earth. That's what he did. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, the death of the cross. What did he do? Before he left the right hand of the Father, he emptied himself. He emptied all of his power. Yes, he's Jesus, the Son of God, but he emptied his power. You know why he had to leave his power? Because they couldn't have killed him. They couldn't have killed him. Can you kill God? <laughs> Nobody can kill God. He's God. So if he'd have come in his power, they couldn't have killed him. He knew he had to die. God had a solution. He had a plan. Jesus is going to have to die. So he left his power. But what did he do? At the right timing of God's timing, he picked up the power of the Holy Spirit. And Scripture tells us he had, the, he, he had, a, he had a measure, a full measure of the Holy Spirit. So he has it without measure. Now, you and I can have the Holy Spirit, and we can have a part. We can have an infilling of the Holy Spirit, but we can't have what he had. What's he wanting to do? He's wanting to show humans how to do this walk in life, but to do it in authority. You're my children, and there's an enemy, but the enemy is beneath you, and you need to know how to walk in this. You need to know that this power is coming from God. It's not coming because you're perfect. It's not coming because you, you have all of this and that and the other. No, he says, I want you to see this. This is what Jesus is demonstrating on the earth, that what I'm doing, I'm going to demonstrate. Well, how does that work today? <clears throat> well, our mindsets are a little off on it today, I think. You see someone at work. You see someone in the neighborhood. You, you see someone shopping and you know something's going on. You see a group of people, a community, and, you, and, and you're moved. You say, somebody's got to do something about this. This is, this is horrible. I, I want to do something. And so you, you, you move. What are you doing? You're doing what Jesus did. You're, you're doing your part. You're stepping out doing your part. You're, you're doing, typically you're doing something in the natural first. But you're doing your part. And, and then only God can do what he does. It's just like Merry Christmas Gulf Coast with the bicycles. And, and us praying for people coming through and getting a bicycle well god, god has to we, we're doing our part we're, we're going to be faithful and pray for him but god has to do his part god will do his part but i need to know in my mind and understand in my spirit that it's his authority just like on serve day same principle in other words here's what i'm saying you're the guy in the middle the power to do a miracle, the power to change a life, the power for someone to be convicted of their sins and turn to Christ, the power to heal, all of that comes from our boss. So why would I be afraid to pray for somebody? Why would I be afraid to do whatever God's telling me to do? Because the back of our minds are thinking, well, I, I'm not spiritually all that in the bag of chips. I'm not this and I'm not that. No, no. <clears throat> if God tells you to do something good and, and that thought's there, that didn't come from the enemy. He's not going to give you those kind of thoughts. And Jesus is conveying to us from his earthly experience, here's what he's saying. Oh, I love to see God heal people. I love to see people set free. I'm the guy in the middle. And, and see, on this earth, he's setting, the, I'm the guy in the middle. And I can pray, and I, but I want to see what God does. I, I can't heal. I'm just going to touch and pray and let God do what he, what he does. When this truth is captured, our faith is risen. I started the whole series off with faith. It's got to be stronger. Authority was meant for us. But we have a chain of command too you want to see it that's not a trick question 
We have a chain of command too. Do you want to see it? It's a scripture you know so well. It's James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God. First rung on the ladder, top of the ladder. Resist the devil. I know it's in the second place, but it's number three, the devil. What's number two? And he will flee from you. So it's God, us, and devil. So God, if I'm doing my own thing, I have no power over Satan. But if you're my boss, I have your authority. How do I submit to God's authority? I do what the Word says. Jesus, before, listen, we think about Jesus. He comes to the earth. He's born to Mary. And, you know, we're just almost like fast forward from Bethlehem on. But before he came, he had a past. He had experiences. He's the Son of God. He's part of the Trinity. He's God. He helps speak it into existence. I mean, he, 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 he's, 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 he's right there doing all of these things. So what does he want to do? He wants us to learn how to live as children of God and not be in a state of fear. Not allow fear to paralyze us. To know. Listen, he knows your heart. And if you know him and you hit a situation where he, he, you're paralyzed, what do you do? You pray, you do what you're supposed to do, you do your part, and God will do his part. And he has the power to do his part. I, I, I don't know about you, but there are times when I pray for people, I, I, in the back of my mind, and I'm just being transparent, in the back of my mind I'm thinking, okay, um, am, am I all faithed up, pumped up, am I, am I, I got this and that and that and the other? And I, I learned a long time ago, if, if I'm thinking like that, nothing happens. What do I do? But before he came to the earth, he's, he's known as the Word. What do I do? I, I pray the Word. I, I pray what Jesus said. I pray what the Bible said. I pray that. Who's going to back it up? The boss. And he's always going to back it up to defeat what's on the bottom rung. If you're not defeating what's on the bottom rung, you're not enjoying your life because you're getting beat up. And this whole thing with authority kind of leaves us in, in a little bit of a, a, a quandary like, okay, I don't understand all this. I hope to God you understand what I said today. I hope you understand. Because you understand the song that we sang, I'm a child of God, I am no longer a slave to fear. Fear will paralyze you. What was the servant's problem? He was paralyzed and in torment being paralyzed will torment you and the enemy is wreaking havoc and the whole time he knows you have access to the authority but he doesn't want you to move out in it in faith and step out in it in faith why because he keeps beating you up he keeps you a slave to fear so every time something happens you react to it out of fear instead of reacting out re reacting to it through faith in your boss. So I want to close a little different. All the campuses. I'm going to ask you to do something. And when I ask you to do this, I don't, I don't want you to move out of your seats or move around in the room. I want to ask everyone, every campus, I just want you to stand. Just stand. I want to close a little differently. Just stand. Look at me. Look at me. I, I, I know you, 
this may be stuff you, you knew, but I hope the application and the understanding of this gives you faith to be victorious over the enemy of your soul. That's what I'm, that's what I'm praying for. So there, there's, I'm, I'm going to close in just a second, and here, here's the two points to this thing. If you're here, if you're at a campus, and you have not chose him, listen, going to church is not choosing him. Joining the church is not choosing him. You have to say, I am choosing him as my Lord and Savior. It is not me. The old man's got to die, and I need a new man, and that's Christ Jesus. If you have not chose him, I want you to do that in a minute. Or maybe you're here, and you are a slave to fear, and you're tired of being beat up, you're bruised and you're worn out because the enemy has beat you, and you had no idea of how this works. And you see, you're the middleman. You're the middleman. God has all the power. I just need to do what Jesus did. What do you always refer to the Father? What does the Father want to do? You refer to the Father. I pray to the Father. Ask the Father. And he's in power of the Holy Spirit. And guess what happened? God does something. God moves. So you're in one of those two categories I want to pray for you. And here's what I want. I want all of our ministry team to come to the front now. Every campus, step out now. I know, I know this is not the normal way we do it. Just go ahead, step out and come to the front. All the pastors at every campus, everybody step out and come to the front. I'm going to pray for you. And then a pastor will come and give you short, specific instructions. Because if you fall in one of those two categories, listen to me, I promise that this message is for you. I know it's simplistic, but it has to be. God didn't complicate it. We complicated it. And I pray that I've removed the fog from the mind. And I want you to step out in faith, either to choose him, which takes faith, or either to say, I'm tired of being a slave to fear and I want it torn down father thank you for loving us so much that you had a plan a perfect plan and Lord Jesus you came to this earth to demonstrate the plan of authority and how it works so Lord we've started this series out in faith and we've talked about the word and intimacy and worship and all of these relationships all this stuff and it's wonderful and it's needed but if I don't have and tap into authority, then I'm not going to allow you to do what you need to do. I'm just doing what only I can do. So I pray that those that are here, those that are listening to me at the campuses, that you have not chosen him, that you will step out because the Holy Spirit is pulling on your, on your, on your heart. Or if you're beaten up with fear and intimidated, that you will step out and come and today and realize that you are not a slave and somebody's going to pray with you to set you free as a child of God. Lord, bless your people with this word. Let nothing steal this word. You're our boss. You're our Lord. And we thank you for the authority you've given us. In Jesus' name. And the church said,